Hello, and welcome to Second Helpings, a Grace Fellowship podcast designed to serve up another round of insight and application from our Sunday morning corporate worship gatherings. Pull up, dig in, and get filled as we take another taste of God's greatness. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Second Helpings. I'm Pastor Zach, joined again by Pastor Dan, because Pastor Dan preached the message yesterday. Thank you, Dan. Still in the Psalms. Um, Although I was told yesterday while I was doing something that yesterday's message was sponsored by Marvel. Is that my... Yeah, that's right. right. Sponsored by Marvel. Come get your costume this week. There you are. That's what it was. It was in view of the Halloween coming up, right? No, no. No. Now it's gone too far. That's why we put the disclaimer on the bottom of the screen. Grace Fellowship is not endorsing the promotion. I don't even know who you are. Um, But no, the title of the message is The Avenger, because we're in Psalm 37 still. And we're talking particularly about this section where uh, David kind of seems to be highlighting this idea of uh, who vengeance is to be left to. And this is not something that is unfamiliar throughout the text of the Bible. This comes mm-hmm. up again and again, God reminding us that it is His world, um, that ultimately all sin is not a sin simply against us. All sin is a sin first and foremost against Him, uh, and it's His place to take care of vindication, avenging, and doing these things. So um, just give us kind of an overview. That was the you know the, the thrust of the message yesterday, but just kind of an overview of what you were hitting at yesterday from this text. Yeah, so the idea of an avenger has been mentioned 35 times in the Old Testament, and particularly God plays that role. So we see that right at the end of Moses's life where he gives his song, and he talks about the fact that people who do wrong, even his people, God will avenge the blood taking of people. In other words, if people are damaged, God will play the role of an avenger. So he plays different roles throughout time. So in this context that we're looking in the passage in 37, David's known that to be true because David has seen the Lord avenge him. And so as he's giving out this advice in Psalm 37, and David wrote 73 of the 150, he's going back, and this particular theme takes place where you don't uh, be unduly upset, lose your mind over evil people, don't envy wrongdoers, don't get embittered toward God. We've looked at those things. Okay, well, and how do I see wicked people? How do I approach the understanding of people who seem to get away from stuff and seem to weight the scales, seem to be the bullies on the block. What do I do? And he introduces the idea of the Avenger, that God is the one who's going to take care of them. God is the only one who's balanced and just and right and perfectly understands, and he will perfectly deal with those people. And David knows that because He's seen that in his own life with Saul, who lives in the category of the wicked person, the person who deserves to be punished because he's rebelled against God. He's hunting David for at least a year and four months, up to maybe seven years. He's hunting him, David, the anointed of God. David has the opportunity to take out his life in 1 Samuel 24, where it talks about him in the cave, and he doesn't do it. And because he knows what he's telling us in this passage, wait for the Lord to be the avenger, because that's his role, not yours. Yeah. I think one of the things I'm reminded of is, again, thinking about David writing all these different psalms. I think it's Psalm 139. Hmm. Um, and I think about the idea of being fearfully made. Like, we can be in a sense where we want to be avenged for the wrong done against us. But I think it's hmm. easy for us to forget that any wrong done against us is what it does to us is nowhere near as big and significant as what it's done to God's creation. Mm. God has made us. He's the owner of who we are. He, in a sense, has more ownership of us than we do of our own life. Mm. Um, 
it's his to be avenged, the wrong that's done against mm. somebody. Uh, and I just know for me personally, I can get caught up in the idea of uh, I might want vengeance without righteousness. Mm-hmm. I just want to be vindicated sure. because that was wrong. They did it to me and somebody should pay. Mm. Or honestly, Dan, something maybe that's, that's maybe easier to cover up mm. is I want vindication for you. That, that's my brother. Sure, yeah, he yeah. was wronged, yeah, yeah. and it, he should be righted. Yeah. So then I can kind of get behind that. And I'm not, I'm not being selfish in that sense. But what I really want is I just want to see for the sinner get his. And there, there is no hope in that. There's yeah. not going to give you some kind of real fuel because it doesn't reflect godliness. Yeah. God's going to take care of those things according to the way he's done and designed. And I think you're getting underneath the reason why that's his role, not yours. Number one, you can't do it purely. Yeah. You do it out of balance, not to the proportion. Uh, then you'll start putting your heart on it. If that's your role, you'll start putting your heart on that, that you're the one, and just imagine the mess. So it's a grace to us going, hey, you can't play that role. Mm-hmm. Just like a child can't be somebody who who operates, you know, a four-year-old operating a power tool, a mm-hmm. bandsaw. Some people say, you can't do that. You're just not made for that. Same thing for us. We just can't do that. So we have to entrust that he will, and he'll do it perfectly. And so it's just an important understanding to have and understanding also that I think we've lost. I said it yesterday, we've, God's kind of been pushed off the throne of truth hmm. because we like the, kind of the beanbag chair of mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in other words, we, just like, we think God relates to us on love. Certainly God does love. But never forget that he has this throne of truth because you wouldn't know what love is unless you knew truth. Yeah. And he will be the one who will even the scales out in the end. And so um, we watch these Avenger movies and we go, yeah, get the bad guy. Yeah, get the bad guy. But when God does it, people kind of go, well, if you love, you should just accept them. Mm. We get, and there's, there's, there's such uh, an amazing dichotomy there yeah. that we, everybody's rooting for evil to be put down. Yeah. Um, depending on how they define it. But the idea of the the good guy should win in the end. And ultimately, God's wired us to have that belief because that's exactly how he's created us, and that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, even creation bears testimony to Absolutely. that, right? We see the yeah. you see out in nature, you see the little squirrel getting picked on by the thing, the big monster that's going to eat it, and it gets taken out, and you're like, yes, right? Like, we see those things because we, because we personalize it. Mm-hmm. I want everybody yeah. else to receive the vengeance that they're due. Yeah. Not me, though. Yeah. I, I don't know what I deserve, right? And we're quick to go, and we should be, as, as those who've been redeemed, we're quick to run to the cross and say we're redeemed. We're thankful that mm-hmm. that vengeance has been taken out for me. Um, but I wonder to myself, I think about the situation. David is right now referring to himself as the righteous. I wonder how Uzziah saw it. Uzziah, is that right? Yes. The guy that he had killed right at the mm-hmm. gate. Yeah. What, what if he's, from his perspective, he's, David was the wicked. Right? So yeah. where's the vengeance come for him? Yeah. Well, I think we think about, we can get obsessed with vengeance. I think the way that God thinks about that and the way we see it in Scripture is the reckoning. Yeah. Right? He will restore in his righteousness yeah. those that are to be restored. You know, it's really interesting. There's a great book called The Tale of Three Kings, uh, and it actually touches on that, which I don't endorse everything about the book, but th- this part is really good. We have to say it with every book, don't we? Yeah, I do. We say something well, about I endorse the, the Bible. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The Bible's good. <laughs> that's right. Don't even read my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, but he talks about Tale of Three Kings. It compares Saul, uh, David, and Absalom. And one of the mo- re- remarks that I think is absolutely right on target is that David wonders that himself. That's why when Absalom comes to Jerusalem, he leaves. He doesn't do what Saul did. In other words, he sees what Saul did. And so he leaves. And even when he's ascending up to the Mount of Olives, 
he's open to the fact that this is the end of his days. Why? Because something happened that God has brought this to bear, and it could be a reckoning. Yeah. It could be something that his heart has deceived him, and God has said, okay, this is this is the end of your time. Yeah. Um, so it's it, that's really helpful. Well, I know a lot of people that can deal with this when they're going through something. So say um, uh, maybe somebody did something five, ten years ago, and that's that they know it was unrighteous, they shouldn't have done it, it was sinful, it was wrong. And now something comes up, it's got nothing to do with that thing hmm. from the past, and they're having to pay consequences yeah. for something that might seem yeah. a slider, or it, it's, you know, it's, it's not even a, a true thing. And they're having to deal with it. And it's like, well, this is my up, this is my comeuppance or whatever. Or my karma. I've noticed that a lot of people talk about karma. Like on yeah. YouTube, people go instant karma. Yeah. Like somebody does something bad. Well, that's and, the John Lennon song. But that, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, karma. The con, the that idea that they mean is wrong. Yeah. But the idea of a sowing and reaping dynamic yeah. is is absolutely true. There's a sowing and reaping. Now, the question would be for a Christian: How does that relate to the gospel? Because Christ has paid for all my sins. That's right. But it doesn't mean they're not natural repercussions. Yeah. Your sin is taken care of, very much like David, yeah. but there's natural repercussions that not only did the wife of Bathsheba die, there were men who were in that war right. who also died. Yeah. There were children who became fatherless yeah. because of David's actions. Right. So the sin is taken care of, but the consequences goes on. The drunk driver who just happens to drink that night, they cross the line, mm -hmm. kill somebody. Yeah, there can be forgiveness of that sin to relationship to God. But the death of that person and the fact that the person needs to go to a prison and all this other stuff, that's really reality. We function on both planes. Oh, yeah. I remember I mean, I remember that very scenario. My, uh, my grandmother and my aunt, they died in a car accident when I was four. Uh, my sister was weeks old. And a lot of the family, my grandmother was, by all accounts, a wonderful woman, godly woman, loved Jesus. Um, and a lot of the families, like, really struggled with forgiving the woman who did. She survived, the woman who survived. She mm. went to jail for, I think, I think her sentence was 18 years. It was a big deal, right? Wow. Um, wow. But I remember, to this day, my mother, she forgave. And she was able to experience a joy, right? And mm. as my, uh, you can say whatever. She's an in-law. It's not the same. My, it was my, you know, it, was, it wasn't her actual yeah. mother. But the thing that she, I think that was the catch-up was my sister was never going to get to know them, this wonderful woman. She was taken mm. out of life because somebody drank too much. And you can turn that into bitterness, or you can look to Christ. You can think about the way God would reflect who he is, and you forgive. And my mother was able to have joy, even though we lost somebody, you know, yeah. understanding we're going to see them in the future. Yeah, and the futility, if you don't forgive, let's say somebody goes, I choose not to forgive. Okay, well, then you're effectively detonating your life yeah. because you can't live with that. And what about the person who forgives? What do they actually do? What All that transactionally is, I trust that God has something in it yeah. so that I trust him, I don't hold it against you. Yeah. That is such a, it's a huge thing, but it's a small thing. But it's the difference between living free and living enslaved. The uh, We have another family member that hasn't done it and for 40 years has been in bondage to that event. It's yeah. ruined her entire life. And in the end, you don't want to forgive, so you want to play God. So your life gets ruined because you're a terrible God. Yeah. Yep. That's and that's what it does. It doesn't stick on the person. No. It ends up going back to who God is. And before you know yeah. it, it starts slowly chipping away at his character and his nature. He's vindictive. He's out to get me. Well, it works for everybody else, but not for me. And then you don't realize it, but you're actually a heretic now, speaking about yeah. the character of God in the, in the way it's not true. Yeah, we think worldliness is you know getting drunk and sleeping around, but worldliness is also not forgiving. Mm -hmm. So in other words, it's trying to be godlike. Yeah. 
uh, it's an attempt to be godlike. And so when you see it in that way, you go, wow, that's toxic. Yeah. Uh, it's not as observable or it's not as visible to us because uh, it has an air of righteousness, but it's just as toxic. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good point, an air of righteousness, because in this text we have um, in verse 16, David says, better is the little that the righteous has yeah. than the abundance of many wicked. Now, he's obviously speaking in generalities here. He's not talking about specifics. But the generality, the axiom that we can take from this is that righteousness, no matter the quantity of it, mm. is more valuable than anything else the world has to offer. And I think we can get so caught up when we've been wronged and we want to be justified or we want yeah. to be vindicated. That, that is not the aim. The aim, you should, you should bless God in the fact that you even know that you've been wronged because yeah. that's only testimony to righteousness yeah. if you're thinking about it in, in a proper way. The righteousness that the Lord extends to us is far more valuable than anything anybody who persecutes us will ever be able to facilitate and be able to function in. Yeah, and this is the joy of the righteous. So he has little, but he has righteousness, so he has joy. That's right. It, this is really uh, the undertow of the teaching of the Pearl of Great Price with Christ, where this guy finds hmm. this field, he sells everything right. that he has to get the buy the field because it has the pearl. In other words, this is more valuable. Everybody else thinks I'm crazy, but I know what's in this field. They don't know what's in this field. And so it's this, it's the same idea. I reject all the stuff that wicked people accrue to themselves because ultimately I have a relationship with my God, yeah. and they don't, and that is more valuable than what they have that's transitory. You know, and you, I think you actually, you didn't go here with this, but you went to Romans 12, which actually talks about this a little bit, where Paul's talking mm. about how to live in the world. I think it's difficult. I think it's always been difficult. I don't know that's more or less hard now, but I think a lot of Christians struggle with the context of living in righteousness. Like, mm. I get what you're saying. Righteousness is more valuable. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. I get that. Okay, but I also need to get my context right. I need my world to reflect that. I need to be able to, I need to make sure that my, my community is set up in the way that I think it should be. Hmm. I need to tell my druthers about the way that my, my government goes or my job goes, even my family structure. And if I don't have that, can I really rest in righteousness? And I want to say maybe the church for decades now has just not, not done a good job of clarifying and going, you're wrong about that. Hmm. Like, Yes, we want things to, we want our community, our family, we want it to reflect righteousness. But whether it does or does not, does not diminish the value of mm. who Christ is. It yeah. does not diminish the value of God's greatness in his sovereign position over all things. Yeah. And we just start to, you just see that drift come in. And before you know it, it as soon as it becomes Jesus plus, it doesn't matter what's yeah. after the plus sign, yeah. you've lost. And I think part of that is that we think righteous is somehow devoid of an active context in my life, that righteous is mm. just a theological term, I think. I would just uh, take the idea of righteous is the idea of the right thing or doing the right thing. Yeah. So the right thing, it's the Christ righteous, what he did right is applied to me. Now I'm in a right standing with God. Yeah. So how do I live righteously? Just do the right thing. That's that right. means loving people who are unloving to you. That means forgiving people who are mean toward you. Yeah. That means blessing people who aren't interested in blessing you. In other words, just do the right thing. And even if you can't measure that, that is valuable because you're doing, you're saying, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do in my context. I might not right. have a big stage. Yeah. I might not have a lot of people following me in line. 
but I'm just doing the right thing. And if people get in line that are I'm able to lead and I'm able to be an example to them, great. But if not, this is my sphere of ministry. Right. This is what I'm supposed to do. How many righteous people that will never know their names, mm-hmm. but they affect our reality today because of the, I think of William Wilberforce mm. for 28 years or so. He was fighting this and fighting this and fighting this. Uh, he was trying to get slavery outlawed in the, in the uh, British Empire. And ultimately it happened. What was he doing for the first and second and third? Just doing the right thing. That's Just right. doing the right thing. Just That's righteousness. That's right. In the, the context... I, I just think about this as soon as you're saying it, the people we won't know. Very likely, while we're filming this or while you're watching this, there's going to be a brother or sister in Indonesia that we'll never know and never mm-hmm. meet, and their life's going to be taken from them because of the context they live in. The people that do it are not going to be punished because they're going to speak the name of Jesus Christ. That's how that happens. That's the sure. frequency with how it sure. happens. So yeah. during this time, it's probably going to happen. And we won't think about that. And we can get so caught up in our context that we can forget to do the right thing. I remember this. Um, it wasn't somebody from our church, so we're, we don't have to worry about that. But after the last election, somebody said, what are we going to do now? Because they said, it's just going to be a matter of time before they have us in concentration camps. Since <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so, so the election didn't sure. break the way it was, it's going to be a matter sure. of time before the Christians are in concentration camps. Look, it might happen. Who knows? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But I just, in the moment, I said the same thing. And it was, what's that? Right? We're going to yeah. honor the Lord. Just give do the right context. thing. You do everything you can. We should use... Every ability that we have in godliness, in a way that it fashions or reflects God's character, to make a godly community, a godly society, godly workplaces, we should absolutely do all those things. But when the context doesn't break the way that we want it to, we still are aware of who's in control of the context. There you go. And we still do the same. It's going to look different. It's a, it's a difference between living by faith and living by sight. Living by faith goes, oh, I'm just going to still do the right thing. Living by sight goes, oh, it didn't break my way. So I've got to do something else. Yeah. Oh, so the, doing the right thing is not enough. Yeah. Oh, so no, I need to add violence to that, or I need to add uh, some kind of mean vindictiveness to yeah. it. Um, that's when you start going. You know, I'm, I'm part of the problem. Now. Yeah. And we have all we we have beautiful stories of this throughout Scripture, but I think in particular about the life of Christ at the end. And don't try to make that exceptional. People sometimes will try to do that. Go well. Jesus was unique when he was when he was dying, and we can't we can't learn a lot about a one for one. Well, yeah. yes, you're not going to die as the Savior for the world. Well, given sure. But there's a reason he did things the way he did things, mm. right? There's a reason he didn't call down the angels and you know like yeah. he suffered willingly yeah. to do that because he saw that's what the Lord had put in front of him. And if the Lord puts in front of us to suffer, we yep. suffer the way Christ did. Yep. The Lord might put in front of us a time to where we, maybe we're his hand of vindication. That could happen. Yeah, uh, you better be sure about that call. No. <laughs> yeah, get a, couple, get a couple people to speak yeah. into your life. But the wild thing is, so Jesus saw through it and saw for the joy that was set joy. before him. Yeah. So that's the key for us. I was reading a biography of a missionary to Tahiti back in the day where no one visited for vacations. Uh, there that were, because there, they, they killed you. Yeah, yeah. They, they killed and ate you. Uh, and this, uh, the captain, when he got on board, the captain who was ferrying him to the island, uh, taking him there, said, are you sure you want to do this? Was constantly trying to encourage him to reconsider because they're savages and that's all they'll ever be. Gets in the boat, begins to go away from the, the ship and the captain yells out, you know you're going to die and everyone with you, please reconsider. The missionary yelled back, we died a long time ago. Mm. <laughs> and the impact he had was amazing. And so the key is how you define life. That missionary defined life a certain way. Christ said, for the joy set before me. When we start taking things in our own hands and seeing a certain way, it's because we're crawling back the life we say we've we've given up. We've been buried with Christ and raised with Christ. 
you don't believe that. That's when you repent, mm-hmm. and that's when you ask God to remake in you this uh, living sacrifice. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's the, if we, and I, th- I think that's something that we need to constantly continue to tell ourselves again and again. It's easy for us to forget. Oh, particularly <laughs> run from it, not just forget. We, we run from oh, it. We, and build things around us to, yeah. to continue to distract us. We yeah. have had the benefit in our particular context to live in relative prosperity for mm-hmm. a long time. Um, and it, it can make it sometimes difficult for us to think that things should be different. Mm. But uh, if your joy has been set on your prosperity, it, it's been on sand. Yeah, The joy has to be on Christ. And that's the point I want to get to is, thankfully, in this word, we do not have to guess about what, righteous, guess about what righteousness is. We've been shown what yeah. righteousness yeah. is. You act godly. Yeah. And if you have to be wondering if the act that you're going to do does or does not line up with who God is. If you have to go to Scripture to go, should I or should I not do this? There's a good chance, either one, you don't know the Scriptures well enough already, yeah, yeah. or two, you're probably going to get a no from that. Yeah. Although, if here's the other problem. You can go to the text and find whatever you want. And that's why you have a group of people, that's right. hence the church. So if people have disconnected from the church, you're, you're going to be like a balloon on a windy mm. day. You've got to be in a group of people who care enough about you to go, I think you're one off. I think, matter of fact, somebody said something to me the other day. Hey, I'd like you to think about this. And, and in a very gentle but very helpful way, I was like, I think they're absolutely right. Mm. If they weren't in my life, I would not hear that. Yeah. And I wouldn't have seen it. And they saw something I couldn't see. And I need that. Yeah. And that, what a blessing that is. Yeah, right? it's huge. If you don't think that's a blessing, if you like don't want people speaking into your life, again, uh, are you on the vengeance side or the righteousness You think side? too much of yourself. Yeah. If you don't want people speaking into your life, you need people pe- people speaking into your life. Yeah. And can, let me just give a little bonus thing. This isn't, even the, yeah. this isn't the text I'm talking But even when people do it incorrectly, yeah. if somebody speaks yeah. something to you and you know they're absolutely wrong and they did it in love for your good, yeah. stop and look and consider, that's yeah. a blessing to me. That's even if they're completely wrong. The that wounds person of a friend. loved me enough to say something. Yeah, yeah. wounds of a friend are good wounds. That's right. We'll end it on that. Yeah, because I'm afraid you're going to wound me after that. No, I'm not going to. Oh, I know. <laughs> film. Yeah. I'm, I'm gentle and lowly. <laughs> there you go. There you. Go. That's another, another, another story topic for another video. Oh. <laughs> there we go. It'll take me and Dan to lunch. We'll have a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, once again, thank you all for faithfully being in attendance when we're there on Sunday morning. Thank you for watching these videos. We're thankful for it. We have a lot of good conversations with you um, after we have these. So let's continue to talk about it. Let's continue to think about who the Lord is so that we can grow in spreading his fame and making disciples of Jesus Christ. Until next time, we'll see you later.